Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Patrick O'Connor missed that tackle. Here is an extra point that is yanked. What is the confidence level of Dan Bailey from 36? He is wide to the right. Good snap, good hold, kick, not close. See what Dan Bailey can do. He misses again. How careful does a coach have to play it in the situation now that it's uh, stretched two games? Yeah, you know, at this point in time, it's it's you know, we're not really worried about feelings anymore. Dex, let's pour one out here to start this episode yeah. of Purple Daily yeah. for our old friend, Dan Bailey. Danny boy, you can use a Corona hard seltzer for, or 12. I don't know how much you want to go about that. I like to use the 12. Uh, sometimes, some people just want the four. Have you guys ever seen the movie Airplane? Where the, the passenger on the plane, or the, the, the pilot guy who's going to save, he mm-hmm. talks about his drinking problem. Yep. And his drinking problem is that he can't aim right. Like he goes and drinks a glass of water and he like pours it over his left shoulder on accident. Yeah. That's Dan Bailey. It is Dan Bailey. Yeah. Well, at least Corona Hard Seltzer, though, is the only seltzer made with Pure Beach vibes. They don't go wide, right? Uh, it has a refreshing splash of fruit flavors such as tropical lime, mango, cherry, and blackberry lime. Corona Hard Seltzer is a tasty spike sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavor that allows you to enjoy the moment. In each can, Corona Hard Seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, 90 calories, and is gluten free. Relax responsibly. Corona Hard Seltzer spikes sparkling water with natural flavors. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. So this is Purple Daily. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff. And a disclaimer, I feel like this disclaimer has been forgotten about the last week or so. If you think we're being negative, it's not negativity on this show. It is constructive criticism toward the mission statement of a Vikings Super Bowl championship. And so I feel like today, before Viking statements, we need to put that out there because I have a feeling there's not going to be a ton of positivity on today's episode. As you check your notes, how many how many silver linings are in your Viking statements today? I have three. Oh, you have three? You have three silver linings? Oh, silver linings? No. Silver linings. Sorry. I got a couple what? good ones. That statement. I was looking at the wrong thing. I got a couple good ones, yeah. You have three statements? I have three statements. But none of them are silver linings. None of them are silver linings. Yeah, mine aren't either. <laughs> there might be one in here somewhere. Well, let's start with Judd Zolgad. Viking statements on a Monday. Mm-hmm. 
All right. After one of the great kicking meltdowns in NFL history, statistically. So I will stay with the kicker, but I'm going to uh, broaden this statement out a little bit because, okay, Bailey has been miserable for two games. He's been awful. That's been evident. But here's my statement. We need to keep in mind that during the course of uh, Mike Zimmer's tenure as the Minnesota Vikings head coach, which began in 2014, this is now at least the third kicker who has not struggled, melted down and combusted under this coach. <laughs> combusted. And I think that and and no matter what anybody says, look, it's one thing. So Forbath struggled on extra points and he got let go, which he probably shouldn't have been. But all of that being said, I never felt like he combusted. But Blair Walsh did. Okay, that's one guy. Okay, that's fine. Wait, real quick on Kai. Didn't, was Kai's last? No, he might have missed a kick in that San Fran game. But like his lasting memory is making a huge field goal against, against the, Saints. the Saints. That's right? what I'm saying. He did not combust. He did not combust. Blair Walsh combusted. Um, the Eagles game. Daniel Carlson was drafted in the fifth round. I think it was in 2018 to replace Blair uh, or to replace Kai Forbath, mm-hmm. and um, he made it through. Let's see, let's count two regular season games before he combusted, missed three field goals against the Packers in Green Bay, and was cut despite the fact that he was a fifth round pick. And and the antidote at that time was you got to get Zim, and I thought this too, a veteran kicker who won't be frazzled, who won't be who won't be uh, tempted to start crying if Zim gets crusty, uh, and that seemed to work okay until the Jacksonville game, and then certainly yesterday, thirty two years old, a veteran kicker who's been around the block a lot, Dan Bailey melted down as badly as Carlson did, or worse, and certainly as bad as Walsh did. Uh, my point being is the statement is we need to look at the common denominator of what has happened to three men who use their leg for a profession and now are in basically rubber rooms. And we need to look at the head coach here a little bit. Okay. On one hand, I agree. It's very, very odd that you have three very talented kickers, one of them a longtime veteran in Dan Bailey. Uh, Blair Walsh coming off one of the great seasons ever in kicking history. He was 10 for 10 from 50 yards and out. His rookie year was unbelievable. Draft pick, yes. And then Mike Zimmer comes in, and it's like he can't even make a 27-yarder to win a playoff game. And he's got first grade uh, first graders like sending him you know, don't jump off the ledge letters back in 2014. Correct. What was the exchange after the cutting of Daniel Carlson? At the press conference. Chris was Thomason it? said what what went into the decision to cut Carlson and Zim's immediate response was, Did you see the game? And then and then the follow up question was, was it so was it a tough decision? A tough decision? And he goes, Nope, or no. something like that. Not, not really, no. <laughs> not really. No, he's And now Dan Dan Carlson's having a pretty good career. Looks like he's gonna be a ten year yeah. kicker for, for for John Gruden, mm-hmm. who's not exactly the easiest guy to probably play for or kick for. No. Uh, I've got a visual for you guys here on the Purple Daily YouTube <sighs> channel. The guy that I would put a phone call into today, the Silver Fox, the forty seven year old. Is that beard real? Adam, Adam Vinatieri. Is that beard real? Absolutely. That's, that's awesome. Sandpaper. I mean, it looks just like it does. It looks like me. Yeah, it looks like Judd. I yeah. should be and out I, there kicking. And I know that he missed like most of his kicks last year with the Colts or whoever he finished his <laughs> career with. But <laughs> listen, I'm I'm bringing Adam Vinatieri in. I'm bringing the steely grizzled veteran in for God. one last. But ride. doesn't it bug you though that that like this position that probably needs a pat on the back and is I mean is a different breed, right? Like this is not a defensive back. This is not a 
linebacker. This is not a left tackle. This is a kicker, and you probably need to be a little bit more, okay, dude, I know. And instead, these guys just are mental messes by the time they're done. You know, here's the thing, though. Mike Zimmer, I'm going to play an audio clip here. It's about 15 seconds. He was actually more lenient when talking about... Now, he did offer the we don't care about feelings thing, but even that was like... Uh, should I say this? Should I not? And then this was his other comment. Yeah, I don't know. I'm really disappointed. Uh, you know, I I have a lot of faith in him. I have a lot of confidence in him. But, you know, these last two weeks have not been good. So, um, you know, I love the kid. He's a great kid. He's very even, even-natured. even um, You know, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he, <laughs> it's like, like if He's I could translate natured. that, it's, He's such a good guy, but yeah. he just had a mental breakdown for three hours that cost <laughs> us a football we're game. We're checking him into a center, yeah. <laughs> a kicking center. Um, so, like, but he, so here, all right, let's transition. Here's one of my statements for you here. Mike Zimmer, despite the diplomatic things that he said in his press conferences yesterday, is about the worst possible head coach to be handling and managing a kicking crisis. Because he's not going to be the guy that puts his arm around, you know, these are golfers in shoulder pads. Sometimes they just need a psychologist to come over and say, dude, it's all good. You're Dan the man. You're Dan freaking Bailey. You used to be one of the most accurate kickers of all time until you had a mental breakdown uh, that got you out of Dallas. And now it's going to get you out of Minnesota. But listen, we're fine. We can run the table with these three games and you're going to be a huge reason why. Like he's not going to be the Pete Carroll, uh, Sean McVay, buddy, buddy coach that's going to come up to you. He expects you to do your job. And so I am torn between, boy, Dan Bailey has been mostly reliable this season. And this is just kind of a blip that's popped up the last couple of weeks. And I do feel kind of bad that he made the slow, shameful walk back in front of cameras to his little kicking net as uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman wondered about his sanity. Like, I do feel a little bit bad for him in that regard. But on the other hand, dude, like this is a playoff run. Jobs are on the line. Games are on the line. You got to do your job. Sure, like you, you have one thing that you're working on all week, and it malfunctions. But the question is, how how do you go about getting the most from that guy? You don't. You cut him, and, <laughs> and well, you now bring in, you bring in but, somebody but else. But I'm saying, but I think the mentality of of treating him. The thing w- with Mike is, I'm pretty sure that Mike treats his kickers like he does his safeties, like he does his defensive tackles. Right? Like that's no, no, no. You've got to do things differently. Like. The entire thing, I think, about being a really good boss is knowing what trips the trigger of the employee. And if you go, you look, it's not a coincidence that Walsh, Carlson, and Bailey are going to leave leave here basically in straight jackets. <laughs> like they're going to put them in straight jackets so and push them out the door. I feel bad for them in that sense. I'm with you. Do your job, but my question is, how does the boss get that person to do his job to the best of his abilities? And my guess is uh, scouring and staring them down is not the most effective but way. But that's the thing. Mike, this is the difference between, the, like, you bring up the safeties and the defensive ends. Mike Zimmer will go and mold those pieces of clay sure. and teach, and he will demonstrate, and and he will spend time and engage with those players. I don't think he makes eye contact with the special teams guys at any practice. I think like those guys are just like out of sight, out of mind. Just do your job. You can make a mistake once in a while because we're all human. Um, so he's much less likely to engage with Dan Bailey in some meaningful way that gets the most out of him for this three-game stretch. 
He'd rather just bring somebody else in that's not currently broken. Like, well, is yes. it is it likely that Dan Bailey is yes. going to kick for another five years in the NFL and and unwire this you know uh, mental knot that's taking place? Like, yeah, he'll probably kick somewhere else next year and be fine. But that doesn't help the Vikings right now. The Vikings need to win three games right now, and they need to make field goals and extra points to win those three games. You're so. right. Yes. All right. Dex. Yeah, I'm going to double down on Mike Zimmer's comment and say that I don't care about your feelings, Dan Bailey. I don't care that that you're a human being. You have one job, <laughs> and it's a job to do that's very easy to do. Like every position in football, there's there's things in in front of you that prevent you from doing your job. You're a cornerback. You got to cover wide receivers. Some are good. Some are good. Uh, some some aren't good route runners. Some are just bad players, but eventually you might be able to shut them down, or you might get burned. If you're a quarterback, you got to be indicative of your offensive line, the corners, everything that's going on. When you're a kicker, there's one thing that you have to do: kick the football through the GD uprights. That's all you have to do. I don't care that he's a human. I don't care about your feelings, Dan. What Bailey. about his family? I don't care about his family. I do not care about his family. I don't wish ill upon his family, but I don't care. I don't wake up every day and go, gee whiz, Willikers. I wonder what Dan Bailey's family's up to on Christmas morning today. I don't care about that. Don't you don't find it odd, though, that, that these guys at the same position continue to melt down in spectacular fashion and that there's one common person here? Yeah. And, and Zimmer deserves, I get it, like Zimmer deserves blame, but at the same time, if you make the kicks, then you don't have, we don't have to talk about this. Yeah. We don't have to talk about it's this. It's a very you're both weird right. thing. No, you're both right. You're both right, and this is why I straddle the fence. Judd is right. Mike Zimmer is kryptonite for kickers mentality. Declan is right. Just kick the ball through the uprights like you've been doing for 10 years in the NFL. Who cares about your head coach that um, you know that doesn't pat you on the back? It's super weird. Quick, quick question off Declan's rant there. Have you guys ever been so mad at an athlete or a sports figure that you actually did wish a little bit of ill upon their families? No. Mm. No. Even just just like a little, just a little, not like, you know, like, not like a play on, my, or on my team as a kid or an opponent. Uh, either way. Like opponents, I I used to hope would get hurt. Like Gretzky. <laughs> what? What? Why when I wish- was a kid, because the, the Stars played them in the Western oh, Conference okay. Finals, and okay. I didn't want him playing. That but, like, sense. I never so wished ill will on his okay. family. Okay. Like, I just w- didn't want him to play because he, he was he was the key ingredient to why my team was losing was like, so like badly. Like a day-to-day injury, or were you yeah. hoping for something no, more? No, 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 no. Just faltering. No, no, no. Just like a broken ankle. Okay. Back to Judd. <sighs> my statement is this. It is unacceptable... When the combined line in the box score of Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen is a combined seven catches, 39 yards apiece in a absolutely key game when you were playing football in an era where, bear with me here, the pass is king, not the run. It is unacceptable when basically your two star receivers combined for seven catches and 12 targets. When I believe there have been games individually throughout the course of this year where one of those players has basically been targeted at times 12 yeah. times. I mean, in fairness, it's tough to get the targets to Thielen and Jefferson. We have to get five or six to Tyler Conklin and another handful to C.J. Ham. Uh, three to C.J. Ham. It's, it's, it's five five yeah. to Con- <laughs> Tyler Conklin had five targets. You're right. He caught all five passes. Wait for it for 40 yards. The Tyler Conklin game. Where were you when you saw the Tyler <laughs> Conklin game? You're right. I'm going to tell You're all right. of you our know what? future you know generations. What? I, you are right. In fact, 
Here's a, a stat. Conklin and Dex's guy, Chad Beebe, Ugh. combined for eight targets or as many as Jefferson did. And you know who was the worst graded player on the Vikings offense yesterday? <laughs> Chad Beebe. Chad Beebe. Did he, did he, did he drop Did he drop did one of do? those at least? I probably did. Probably dropped something. But he, you, oh, what's he your line? Great Quit trying camp. to make Chad Beebe happen. Quit trying to make Chad Beebe happen, Vikings. That might be my other statement. But. The, the most WTF, I think, uh, target of the day was you saw it, it was like one of those NFL films, slow motion. You've got the music in the background, John Fashenda's voice from the 70s. <laughs> And he dropped back to pass, and Kirk Cousins floated a beautiful deep ball 30 yards toward the end zone. And it's Tajay Sharp that's like running under the hell was that? Like, You're what? right. Instead of like Lynn Swan diving through the air, it's like Tajay Sharp. How does Tajay Sharp, who barely plays, like he's barely active for games? No. I, I saw that and I, I thought. Is that Treadwell? Oh no! Wait, he's gone. It's Tajay Sharp. God, dude. I want to. I want to add a statement to all of this. All right. And again, I'll, I will preface this statement by saying Dan Bailey is the first, second, and third reason why they lost this game. I, I feel like I almost feel like the last twenty four hours in uh, you know whether it's Ventline yesterday or whether it's just like my interactions on Twitter for six hours after the game. That there's not room for multiple pieces of criticism here. That this is there's a reason why we do a pie chart of blame and praise on Mackie and Judd, Apple, Spotify, Um We can say two things: one, Dan Bailey was historically terrible and deserves to be cut and deserves to you know, think about his transgressions on the football field for the next few weeks, unemployed, right? And there are other things in this game that drove you nuts. And uh, it may have cost the Vikings even if the game was close at the end, right? And so to go off of what you're saying with the offensive strategy, my statement is the Vikings, and I'm stealing this from somebody on Ventline yesterday. It was a great metaphor. The Vikings are a Ferrari driving 35 miles in the right lane, clutching the steering wheel at 10 and 2, just like peeing down their leg. Oh, my God. What do we do with this Ferrari? 494. They've got, they literally have one of the most dangerous big strike offensive weapons in the NFL in Justin Jefferson. And it's like, all right, should we use him? Uh, let's let's definitely not use him in the first quarter. Okay, we don't. Let's let's just, let's let's not target him at all in the first quarter. Let's 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 be sure we run the ball thirty times today and throw six yard play action drag routes to our fullback and backup tight end. Like that's that's the first priority. And then maybe if we get around to Justin Jefferson after the first quarter, we'll see what happens. Like the other thing too about this offense that drives me nuts. And maybe this can be disproven through some uh, some stat research, but does it seem to you guys like the Vikings call plays and scheme relative to down and distance and not max offensive potential? And what I mean by that is, like when it's second and two, they're thinking, okay, it's second and two, we need to call a play that gets us two yards, so we're going to hand off, or we're going to throw like a dump off to CJ Ham sure. instead of. Okay, it's second and two. Our whole playbook is open right now. We could run a play action and throw a bomb down the field to Justin Jefferson, right? Yep. It's like, or all right, it's uh, we got uh, you know thir- third down and six here. Let's be sure we hit Tyler Conklin right around the six yard mark and just sort of pray that no, he can fall over the line. No, he'll get you seven. Know? You don't understand. He's going to get seven yards. It's like. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just like mad about this loss yesterday. But like you guys, you got Justin Jefferson, you got Adam Thielen, 
Irv Smith, for God's sakes, like once every six games they dust off Irv Smith, and he looks like this every time you dust him off. He's running like a cyborg down the sideline for 15 yards after the catch. That dude averaged 16 yards a catch yesterday because he's awesome. Yeah, but he's no Ty Conklin. He's no Kyle Rudolph. That's yeah, sure. that's a, what, what, who says Rudy's out? So what are we gonna do? <laughs> it's Conklin time. So no, the first priority. I know we got all these weapons and we got a Ferrari. Let's make sure that we're running eight and a half minute drives that take fifteen plays, no less, because time of possession is the trophy that we're Damn after it. here in Minnesota. Damn it, Rick! If you don't draft me a slow white big Ophi tight end, I'm going to be mad. I think we're back to Declan here. Viking <laughs> yeah. statements. Uh, mine is Mike Zimmer. Do your job, and what I mean by that is this pressure rate statistic. So yesterday. The Vikings pressured Tom Brady just three times. Statue, Tom Brady. Dude, that's nuts. Three times. You were able to get after him. Three times. Kirk Cousins was pressured 24. Adamic and Sue had like nine pressures alone yesterday on Kirk Cousins. I know Daniil Hunter's out. Everson Griffin's gone. But you can't figure out any type of way. And it can be it can be on cornerback blitzes. It can be on liner, linebacker blitzes. Harrison Smith can blitz the quarterback. You can't figure out any other way to pressure Tom Brady. And Mike Zimmer's this defensive genius coach. How do you only walk away from that game with three pressures? Mike Zimmer, I need to do your job. Or do your job better. It's probably the better way to look at it. Yeah, that was, man, I mean, I, I think I would have felt better. And you know, we talked about this going into the game. I would have felt better about that defensive effort if they sold out to pressure Tom Brady. Like, literally just bring, like, zero blitzes and make him go back under pressure and throw the ball. Because Tom Brady, under pressure going into this game, had a 49 passer rating. And so don't you have to dial it up multiple times and just see what he can do with that 49 passer rating? Might as well. And, and they did a couple times, but like Harrison Smith almost got home one time. Yeah. But um, overall, Early it was just, him. yeah, it was, uh, it was not a good performance for defensive pressure. Judd? My third statement is very simple. The Vikings offense has been exposed. And, and there, to me, is now a blueprint to beating this team. And Tampa Bay showed it, not to perfection on Sunday, but they came pretty damn close. That is this. Let Dalvin Cook cook all he wants, because the ingredients then are gone. Justin Jefferson, covered. Adam Thielen, covered. You literally, they, the Buccaneers said, Cook is going to, we're, we're really good statistically against the run, but Cook is going to get his, and we're not going to care. They also said, as a result of our strategy, C.J. Ham and Tyler Conklin are going to get theirs. And again, we don't care. Um, the blueprint for these next three games to me are Dalvin Cook is going to gash you. He's going to get yards, but he's running the football. He's holding it and running it on the ground, and it's 2020. And Justin Jefferson, to Phil's point, is a Ferrari. And this guy can go 100 miles an hour. But the Vikings are going to be so content to run, they're going to ignore that gorgeous car in the garage because they got trusty old four-wheel drive Dalvin. And I really think what we're going to see now from the Bears probably, uh, from the Saints, and even Detroit in the last week is a philosophy of Tampa Bay showed us. Let Dalvin get his, and that's absolutely fine. And if they can beat us, they beat us. But what we're not going to do is bite on play action and not be so concerned about Cook that all of a sudden Jefferson and Thielen and Kirk, who can do it, 
beat us. Yeah, it's it's such a thin margin. Like they're operating. We're gonna we're gonna possess the ball and we're gonna run it and we're gonna slowly chunk our way down the field and we're gonna play good stout defense and build our defense back up. It's like you know how perfect you have to be in every facet of that blueprint to win the Super Bowl. As they found out, by the way, in 2017. Or just to be good teams, period, Phil. That's yeah. like just normal games. Yeah. It is, you know, this is the comparison we brought up on Mackie and Judd today. It's like the 1988-89 Detroit Pistons, the bad the bad boy Pistons, the don't come in my paint. We're going to play defense and we're going to shoot twos. And we're going to we're going to win a title. Bill Lambeer. It's like and that definitely worked in the late 80s. And if you were to take that philosophy and put it into the 2000, you know, I was going to say 2020 NBA. The Warriors aren't what they were. The 2000, let's say, 16 NBA yep. with the Golden State Warriors at their peak or the 2018 NBA. The Detroit Pistons could operate their game plan flawlessly. They could play lockdown defense in the paint and they could they could instill fear in the paint and they could shoot twos and do their thing, right? And have some athletes running around. Don't come in my paint, Steph Curry. And Steph Curry's like, all right. Cool. cool. I'll just cool. shoot from thirty-five feet, and we'll beat <laughs> yeah. you by thirty points. Because, yeah. like, you you can't keep up with what the rest of the league is doing, right? And that's kind of what it feels like. And I get that if Dan Bailey makes a couple kicks, the Vikings might win this game. This is more of a macro discussion about philosophy, right? You watch these games, and it's like, okay, this ball control, play action. When you're down by fourteen, up by fourteen, we're going to run the same pace, no urgency. But the, um, the maddening thing, Phil is you've got a Steph Curry. Like, you've got that player in purple. Yeah, Justin, Justin Jefferson, Jefferson is your Steph Curry. And you're still saying, you know what? Today we're going with the Michael Jenkins plan. <laughs> Michael Jenkins. We're barely going to get him the football, <laughs> and he's going to be a decoy. Who is your guy's favorite? So Tyler Conklin definitely put uh, put up his biggest game, probably of his career. So who is your guy's favorite obscure Vikings tight end in your time watching? The purple. Oh God, Wiggins. Jermaine Wiggins. I like Jermaine Wiggins. Love yeah, Jermaine Wiggins. He might have risen above obscure yeah, status. Oh, I got one for you. He's pretty good though. Yeah. Do you recall? And I, I don't know if this player was active for more than a handful of games, but he was on the practice squad constantly for like three years. Richard, Richard Angula. Wow. Do you I remember, do remember Richard him. Angula? I do. Yeah. Big. I mean, he looked the part. Vikings big tight end. He could truck people. And I think he was on the active roster for a few games, but he spent, I swear to God, like three parts of three years on practice squad, and he was always there. But he was a big guy, and you walked past him and thought, that's a tight end in the National Football League. And like he amounted to nothing. Who was the guy? Well, by the way, Vasante Shanko is my answer, but if he's not obscure enough. Yeah, he was good too. Who was the guy that they claimed from the Patriots around? It's like it was in the Shanko oh, era. Oh, white, not a big guy. Um, he, but he was great at like Toledo and, and he wore like or number forty five. Like Garrett, Garrett Mills. Garrett Mills. Garrett Mills. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's a former Patriot. He must know a lot of secrets. Like, hey Mills. guys, what's up? Another great one would be Jeff Dugan. And he yeah. was, oh, good. Dugan, what, like he was Love on the it. team, a seventh yeah. round pick in two thousand four, and was on the team through two thousand ten. Yes, dude. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Dugan, Dugan, man. Jeff Dugan. Dugs would Dugs would catch the ball and just fall down. It was glorious. <laughs> That's a great one, Dex. I love it. All right, next statement. The Vikings may have gotten screwed WWE style by the commish yesterday, Roger Goodell. Okay, so 
Declan and I are huge professional wrestling fans. The Montreal Screwjob is the ultimate sort mm-hmm. of, and this is mid '90s is when Vince McMahon, Eric Bischoff, the bosses would come in, break the fourth wall, and they would alter outcomes on screen of matches. Right, just like like the corrupt, authoritative figure would come down. And the Montreal Screwjob in 1997, you had a hard fought battle. You had Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels. Championship bout Survivor Series and Vince McMahon comes wandering down and the camera show Vince McMahon. You're like, oh, something's going down here, right? He's going to alter the finish of this match. And, and he does yesterday. Yep. Vikings are missing kicks, but they're hanging tough. They're moving the ball offensively and uh, and they're just trying to get into halftime. Right. And all of a sudden camera show Roger Goodell next to his wife, evil empire sitting in the stands in Tampa Bay and then, just coincidentally, I'm sure, we get the rogue home clock operator stopping the clock with one second left as players are scrambling to line up and spike the ball. Like It's like players are still like running to the line of scrimmage as the clock goes two, one. There's just an app on Goodell's phone. He just goes, <laughs> stop. <laughs> Like like players are literally like still like lining up, lining up. Like it's been on one second for a half hour, and so and so. All right, well, I guess we got one more play out of this. What should we do? Hail Mary? Oh, maybe maybe we can mix in the most unprecedented bad call by a referee on a hail Mary we've seen in ten years. Apparently, there's been no defensive pass interferences on hail Marys since at least two thousand nine. All of this very very suspicious. When you think of Roger Goodell's motives, and I'm not a big like blame the officials guy, but it would be good for business if Tom Brady was assured a playoff game or, on national TV or a Super Bowl in his home stadium. That could be another thing. Becoming the be first quarterback to be able to play a Super Bowl in his home stadium. Yeah, just gonna throw that out there. I felt like the Vikings they definitely shot themselves in the foot more than anything, but uh, that sequence at the end of the second quarter reeked of corruption. Mm-hmm. That was bad. Yeah, my final statement would be uh, you, you almost said it, Phil. You screwed yourselves. You literally screwed yourselves out of uh, a possible NFC playoff berth by losing this game. Now you have to run the table. You have to have, hopefully, that Arizona loses at least one of their next three games. The way this game was going in the first quarter, it looked like, oh my gosh, this actually could work. Tom Brady is off his game again today. The bye week did not help. More dysfunctions coming to Tampa Bay. The Vikings are having these long, sustainable drives. I think the Vikings are actually going to get a rare win in Tampa Bay. Instead, Dan Bailey literally cost the team the game. Um, You have refs going against you. And now, yeah, you have to run the table and get some help around the league just to make the playoffs. So you, you kind of screwed yourselves with this loss. Purple Daily listeners, Purple Daily business owners, Federated is here to help you. Federated just wants to say thanks to all local businesses in and around the state of Minnesota. You are our community partners, our neighbors, our families, and our friends. And when you need Federated, Federated is here to help. Visit federatedinsurance.com or call your local marketing representative to access trusted resources you may need during this pandemic. At Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Judd, you got another statement? Yes, a positive. Oh. Kirk Cousins, man. When, when did you become Fran Tarkington? 41 yards, five scrambles. He was second to uh, Cook on the Vikings in rushing yards on Sunday. I owe Kirk a bit of an apology because when he talked about uh, scrambling more and being more mobile. I think right before the season started, perhaps, uh, or early on, I laughed and said, you're not going to be able to run. You're Kirk Cousins. Look at you. You sort of lug along like I do. He took off on Sunday, scrambled for some yards, slid pretty well, not great, but pretty well. <laughs> Kirk Cousins as Tarkington scrambling 
more power to you, buddy. Yeah, he uh, was that his best rushing game of his career. I haven't gone back and um, looked, but it has to be up I there. I think right? Thomason had some note that it was his most in a game since like 2015. Maybe that you like that, that was game. A young I'm Kirk Cousins, but this is impressive. I'm, I'm actually I'm glad you brought up Kirk because I'll, I'll give you one more statement. You're his top fan. I hope you do. Final statement: Yesterday's loss was not Kirk Cousins' fault. Okay, just want to go on record. Goodwill Hunting it was not Kirk Cousins' fault. Don't you do this it's to not me, your Phil. Fault. Don't you do this to me. It's not your fault. Not you, man. Kirk Cousins was fine yesterday. In fact, with his legs, crazy legs, Cousins, I think he was more than fine. Royce, he called him that on Twitter. I think he called him crazy legs, Cousins. He must have stole that from me. I called him crazy legs, Cousins off the off the jump. Maybe we both were. (laughs) Um, He was fine. Like he was he was fine yesterday. Yep. But I and we could do a deeper dive on Wednesday for our weekly state of Kirk Cousins address. I feel like we spend way too much time praising Kirk for avoiding fault. Like yesterday, it's like a race. To, it's it's Dan Bailey's fault, which it was. The offensive line's fault over here. It's it's this this thing's fault. It's the defense's fault. Like we we trip over ourselves praising Kirk for avoiding fault in these situations, and maybe not enough time demanding excellence either out of him or out of the position in big games like this. And so as we go forward, whether it's with Kirk this season or whether it's with whoever their quarterback is over the next five years, I think the two questions we have to answer on behalf of quarterbacks each week with the Vikings is, if you lose, okay, was it the quarterback's fault? We can have that discussion for five seconds. But the second question is, and this is the most important one, is your quarterback actively elevating the team on a week-in, week-out basis? Is he making dynamic plays that alter the outcome of the game? It's not enough to just do your job and fit in with the offense in 2020's NFL, especially if you get paid a lot of money. It's about making dynamic plays and altering the outcome of the game for the positive. And so um, that's the lens through which I view the position, especially as the money goes up and the and the cap hit goes up. So yesterday, it was not his fault. It was not his fault. Was he elevating the team, making dynamic plays and altering the outcome? You, you guys can answer that. Kirk yourself. remains on track. I do believe with the way he's playing right now to have an outstanding 2021 in San Francisco. <laughs> You're so negative, Judd. No, I'm telling oh, you. So negative. Get get Kyle his guy. Can't go five. Give Shanny his guy. Give Shanny his guy. Give Kyle his man. Okay. <laughs> We're being selfish. We are not being Minnesota nice if we withhold cousin services from the city by the bay. Okay, let me let me ask you this question real quick. All right, let's say you had two choices for two for for the window of 2021 through 2023. So you have to make a three year financial commitment. You can either have Kirk Cousins at 30 million dollars a year to the cap. Okay. Let's see if you have to restructure again. 30 million dollars a year to the cap. Sure. Next three years, or after seeing him for one game. Jalen Hurts on a rookie scale contract. Jalen Hurts on a rookie scale contract. <laughs> Not even what close. do you mean? He only played one game. I'm in. I don't know I'm about that. In. I don't know about that, but here's the I'm thing. In I'm in on the, the, ro- I'm in on the rookie, yeah, the rookie scale, scale contract. Can, can I pick a uh, QB? Can I pick a young one? Like, I don't know that Hurts is my guy, but I love the contract if it's not. That 30 mil is, is what kills you. That's what gets you. And well, a lot that, of people are saying, that well, deep past to Tajay But Kirk only makes 20 million this year. Great. Right. That's go, still go, a lot. Go win. <laughs> go win the Super Bowl. That's still a lot. Put your team together. I will take my chances with the rookie scale quarterback contract. 
That's what I would like to do. I'm not exactly sure who I want at this point, short of a guy like Trevor Lawrence, but I'll take yeah. my chances. But, there. hey, just to put a stamp on this, it was not his fault. It was Are not we Kirk's really fault now, yesterday. Do we re- really now have to do segments absolving Kirk? Yeah. That is a really weird place to be. Do you think in, like, Philadelphia or Boston, the, like, okay, let's talk about the quarterback play. It's not Cam Newton's fault. It, it, it is kind of funny that, like. Like, why are we having like, to do this? It's like, it's, it goes back to the two different discussions you can have. Was it your quarterback's fault that you weren't good enough as a team to win the game? Like, that's a completely ridiculous discussion that we have all the time. So it's on us. Um, or the discussion about, the like, the upside was your quarterback dynamic enough, making enough plays, elevating the things that aren't perfect on your roster? That's where I want to be. That's where, that, Those are the discussions that I want to have going forward. I just want, want to know where Justin Jefferson was. That's all. Yeah, well. I just want to know where. Targeted eight times, actually. It, yeah, he was targeted eight times. None in the first quarter, which kind of bothers me. Can't find the guy once in the first quarter. You know what? Maybe if you don't target him in the first quarter, they'll forget about it. You, you don't get it. He is not part of the methodical game plan. The methodical, let's move her down the field as slowly as possible. Let's eat up. Can we eat up an entire quarter? Yeah. All right. Well, that was an awfully uh, awfully positive version of Viking statements here on Purple Daily. We'll do a deeper dive into Mike Zimmer's record against winning teams tomorrow. And then later in the week, our state of Kirk Cousins will go into just sort of, where are we at here with this thing? You know, he was brought in almost three years ago. To help get over the oh, NFC yeah. Championship game hump. To one, win a Super Bowl. You're at one playoff win, to be exact. Where are we at here? Well, we'll do those dives in the next couple days here. Thanks for hanging out with us on Purple Daily. Phil Mackey, Judd Zilgad, Declan Goff. See you. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.